Hey everybody, this is Michael with Black SD Magazine, and today we are back with another Behind the Business, and today I have the awesome opportunity to talk to Shakol Hamlet of the Hamlet Coffee Shop. How are you, Shakol? I'm great. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for having me. So this has been a journey for you all since last year. Please, if anyone is not aware of how you got to this level, what is it? Right. Okay, so how we got here, it all came down to me coming home from Los Angeles. So I just moved back to San Diego in June. Um, and I was in LA for almost 12 years. Mm -hmm. I moved back. Um, side note, my sister passed away. So it was just like with, along with COVID really inspired me to really recognize that. Like, I just want to be with my family mm -hmm. and that if I'm going to be doing a lot of building, like I need to start with the, commu my, the community that I was born into, mm -hmm. um, if I'm going to make a change in any community. So anyway, I moved back home and, um, and it was right before the protest. And after the protest, my little brother, Zachary Hamlet had, had, uh, sat down with me and had just really wanted to talk about everything that he was experiencing. A lot of the conversations were really new for him, really diving into understanding what the racial wealth gap was and, and, uh, wanting to participate in black economics as a solution. And we just have this really beautiful <laughs> conversation. And then he's like, well, how do we, what can we do? So we sat down and we talked about like, how can we actually make a physical, tangible impact in our community? Mm -hmm. And we kept going back to the importance of black economics and, and, and really doing something that can impact this racial wealth gap. So um, for us, one of the sources of this would be uh, community, which would tie everything together. And mm -hmm. when we think of community, we think of coffee. Yeah. And so a coffee job just seemed natural. And we also have a passion for health and wellness and apothecary. So it turned into us having a conversation about starting a coffee, a coffee and apothecary, apothecary shop, shop with the with the goal of also serving as an incubator for Black health and wellness startups. That's a lot going on for you too. Right. Do you guys come from a background with business or is this something you guys said, you know, this is the true, this is a true American dream. I just dream something and I'm going to make it happen. So a little bit of both. Um, so my background is kind of all over the place. <laughs> I was a child actor. Um, I have been a producer of a circus, a burlesque circus at that. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have um, also been, I've worked in corporate America and at Deutsch, which is, was at the time was the largest marketing agency on the West coast for clients like Target and Taco Bell and PNC bank, and then moved to a smaller agency and worked for clients like Google and Amazon. And what I learned from that experience, especially events and corporate events, they're all like mini events. Com like companies and mini businesses. Mm -hmm. So it was like every single time I did a project, it was like I would have to create a new process, create a new budget, hire a new staff. And it was like I was creating these tiny one-off businesses on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. So while I didn't have this background in direct you know, business development, I realized that I actually do this every single month for a new company that has different processes and procedures. Mm -hmm. Sorry. No problem. <laughs> it's okay. It's a podcast. The good thing about that yeah. is that no uh, one sees this. <laughs> yeah. My phone it's is. It's okay. It's okay. So the thing okay. is, Whoops. you say that 
you have to create all these processes. You have to do all these things, right? Right. What has been something that's different? You know, usually you're creating for other people who have all these things already kind of in place. And yes. You're figuring out. That is the big difference. <laughs> I went from like $2 million budgets. To dot, dot, dot. <laughs> to a shoestring budget. <laughs> to um, what do I have left after paying my rent budget? <laughs> That's the big difference. difference. And I'm used to spending. Someone at, else's money. Right. I'm used to spending somebody else's money with no attachment to it. Right. It's like, I, I'll pay, you know, $4 a cookie. It's not my money. Yeah. And now is Hamlet Coffee paying $4 a cookie? We're definitely not going to be paying $4 a cookie. Okay. It's like, what can we, what do we have in here to make cookies? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and I think that's so beautiful too, because it really helps, you know, create a new tone for even your family, for Zach, you know, who's young. Were you surprised that he came up with these notions at just, you know, literally graduating high school? Like this is something he had to talk about with you. Did you... Were you ever expecting this? No, I, honestly, we've never really talked about any of these like deeper conversations between the two of us or generally our family. Like I think our family really never, and I think a lot of families, this was the first time after the protests had these deeper conversations around race, maybe for the first time. And even being a black family, you know, we talk about race in more superficial ways on a day-to-day -day basis, yeah. but really having a serious conversation about the impact of being black in the world. We actually, for the first time, I think started to have that, those yeah. conversations and that, um, and yeah, it was, a, I was shocked. I was shocked that he was inspired that he wanted to do something. Um, and, and I just don't think he really would thought that we were going to be able to make it happen at the time. So I think, honestly, we both are shocked that we followed through with a conversation from the dinner table to something that has, you know, a tangible address. Yeah. Um, you know, the funny thing is you think about it. You go through this process, right? You're sitting here talking to him and you're like, OK, we're going to do X, Y and Z. We're going to do X, Y and Z. And then you do a Kickstarter campaign and then it blows up everybody's talking about it. People are talking about it. You know, people were like, Black Izzy Magazine has to know about these people. You know, they, they're on the news. There's this, there's that. Did that take you aback that you had so much support from strangers that you didn't know, that you didn't reach out to? These are people who actually found you, who sought out you. Was that something that was different for you? You know, I think timing was really important for that because I think when we were doing something, I think a lot of other people wanted to do something too, right? Not everybody has maybe a, a strategy or a plan about how to go about doing that. So for them, we kind of filled that gap um, for them to be able to participate. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, I was surprised by that. And I also know that it did make sense for the timing is that we really were able to be a vessel in which other people could come together um, and do something. Nice, nice. What has, <clears throat> you know, brother and sister, dynamics are all, <laughs> I have a sister and we always go back and forth. We actually are like the, probably the closest out of all my siblings, but I like to push her. She likes to pull me, you know, it's that type of yin and yang. What has this taught you about family dynamics when you mix business in there? Right. So I think what it has really taught me is, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, <laughs> let's just be real. 
it's not easy. And I think our expectations for strangers um, are, a, we have less expectations for strangers, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think when we deal with our family, we feel entitled. We, we feel entitled to like everything about them yeah. because they, we feel like they're us, right? Yeah. So we feel entitled to their time. And I think you really have to kind of find that balance of really being able to step away from the person as just your family member and not feel as entitled to their time and their energy and who they are and be able to set like professional boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the most important thing. So that's really what I learned is that we have this natural entitlement to each other yeah. when you're part of a family. Uh -huh. It's kind of a weird, it's hard to describe, <laughs> but I think the best word that I've been able to find is that I we both feel entitled to each other yeah which nice. sometimes leads to like not really respecting certain yeah. boundaries no 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 I think that's so important because a lot of times we don't realize that we are leading with entitlement you know right especially when you're it is if your siblings if it's you know your lover or even if it's a close friend that you consider like a best friend or mm -hmm. something, you know what I mean? So I think that's, um, it's a great note that you said that because we have to check ourselves at the door. You right. Know? I tell a lot of entrepreneurs to check your emotions at the door, mm -hmm. your ego, but you do have to sometimes check that entitlement at the door because though how you probably respond to Zach at times is not how you will respond to if me yep. and you are working on something. Absolutely. Like we have a working relationship already, right. but there's a difference because you're also when you're working with a stranger, you're expecting a certain skill set and level where right. with a family member, it doesn't matter if they have this or that going on. You're still like, uh, you're still my little brother. Right. I, I, I still, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I, I'm going to tell you how I feel. Right. And I don't have to use a professional tone. <laughs> right. Which sometimes is nice, <laughs> but other times it's kind of like frustrating. Cause at the end of the day, if it goes South, like that's forever, mm -hmm. you know? If it goes south, it's forever. So you definitely want to be gentle. <laughs> so people don't know it was getting near the wire because with Kickstarters, you have to earn the amount that you said you want to raise or it, you don't get it. Right. So you're nearing it. You're like getting close. I think you guys were maybe like it was like two days or 12 hours. Mm hmm. What are some things that you can give advice to people who are doing fundraisers, GoFundMes, Kickstarters to really, really generate that type of awareness and education on their cause for people to, you know, buy into it? So for us, PR was number one. So I think a lot of people, uh, I, I see this in business a lot, like just solely focusing on social media is great. Um, however, I think that you need to support it with some press. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that really helped us um, get to the finish line was our being able, when we reached out to press, we did get a lot of traction there from AfroTech, Blavity, um, you know, blackbusiness.com, Enterprise. Um, trying to think if there's any more um NB <laughs> nbc7 i mean you know she's she's going down a list of everything black so i mean next she's gonna say essence you know <laughs> you know just just low you know those people you know those people at bet yeah, yeah. them too yeah yeah <laughs> Dis, let's say disney and and nbc7 and and basically like that is really what put us over the edge and then being able to share that content and that relationship gave us some level of authority on social media yeah right so when you're trying to get people to to spend money on something that doesn't really exist yet, they really are looking for some type of 
Connection? Con- connection. Also, they want to make sure that what they're going to spend their money on is going to be able to actualize. Yeah. So Not you need a proof, proof of concept. So, and I think showing who you're proximity to um, and press helps with that. Mm-hmm. So that was like one of my number one lessons from the Kickstarter is it's really important to get started with a press release. That should be like your number one thing. <laughs> and <laughs> Nice, nice. And if you do not know how to do a press release, everyone, please you can reach out to Black SE Magazine. We'll help you with that. Or you can actually Google it. Um, you know, it's not a complicated thing. You know, people, compl- they complicate things. They think press releases are supposed to be X, Y, and Z. And you're just like, no, it's not. It's just, it's just honestly telling someone what's going on, you know? Exactly. Yeah. A press release is not a complicated thing. You're just telling your story. And, and uh, it, yeah, I think um, it's something that honestly, now that once we even open, my goal is to be incorporating doing a press release almost every month. Like, I think it should just be built in to your, your schedule, the way that you have your social media planned out. I think you should try to have something to, you know, organize around within uh, the press conversation as well. I love that. And I love that you um, brought up about, you know, not just focus solely, solely, solely on social media, because, you know, a lot of times that's where people think that's where they're going. They're trying all the trends, their challenge, you know, everybody gets the craze, but they don't realize that. Do you think you got more investments into the business donations and whatnot from the press release and, um, you know, the traditional press or more so from the digital um, and such as social media? So, I would say traditional press. Mm -hmm. I think the traditional press provided us with social media content that validated the work we were doing. And it gave us a level of validation that made people okay giving us their money. They're like, okay, well, you know. If NBC7 says so, it's like. Exactly, exactly. And I I think that's like a really key takeaway for just business in, in general. Nice. Okay, I love that. I love that. So now it's closed. You guys got it. Keys are in hand. You guys signed the dotted line. You're moving in. How has that process been? We've seen some of the videos. You know, we've been inside. Some of us who have been privileged to. I have. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Your vision, your artistic things are all, you know, coming to life. But how has that really been for the Hamlet family? So you want the real story? Um, (laughs) We want not, we don't want the Disney, but we do want the NBC seven breaking news. (laughs) Okay. I'll give you the NBC seven breaking news. I mean, I think, okay. One thing I'll start with, you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) Right. So I think for us, um, not knowing what we don't know, and even having a background, having pulling temporary permits and things like that in the past, I still don't know a lot about creating a, brick and mortar, permanent, anything. (laughs) So I really relied on, uh, we really relied on our vendors to really guide us. And what we've learned is that sometimes you actually need to double check their work. You can't really rely on anybody. You're always going to have to do the extra research and make sure that you are following all the procedures. So for us, we got a little bit caught up with permitting and really not knowing what we don't know and how to, that you actually need to get, you know, building permits before you build anything. If you build a box (laughs) and you put it in the middle of your store, you need a permit for that box. It doesn't matter what it is. Even for us, we're under the impression like we don't need permits because, you know, we're, we're not changing anything with what we assumed was the infrastructure of the state. 
face, but that's not true. If you build a anything, if you pick up a hammer and you pick up a nail and it's in your business, you need to get a building permit for it, period. That is like... Something like if you are working on opening up Rubik and mortar, please take my advice at that. So, so there's a lot of things like permitting um, and, you know, just going through the whole licensing process. A lot of things, um, they're costly and, and, and you'll find a lot of unexpected cost. And so that's been another thing is pushing through a lot of unexpected costs. You know, we, wa- we get in there and of course, when we try to turn the water heater on, the water heater's out. That's like a $4,000 expense. And I'm just being extremely uh, real. Like these are the type of things that you that are unforeseen. You know, when you sign a lease, they'll tell you everything's working. You can't really, you know, maybe we should have tested the hot water. Well, the water wasn't on when we went in there, so we couldn't do that. <laughs> so I guess, um, yeah. So you just have to, you know, keep pushing through. And for me, Um, we've been having to just look at what steps in front of us. Cause if we start getting caught up in like all of the steps or the, how we're going to get to the finish line, we would definitely break down and cry. Cause it's like you, you can't, you just have to do each step that's in front of you. So in terms of how it's going, we are making it, we are continuing to take each step and, you know, kick down all the challenges (laughs) on our way. But, um, but it's, you know, ultimately we, we didn't get this far to to not get to the finish line yeah no i love that i love that it's like the gospel song you know they say um you didn't get this far to give up now you exactly know, turn back now exactly um you know and that's and, and that's very sweet because then it also helps set a tone for zach you know it sets a tone for him to understand early on don't give up you right know? right and do you ever f- have through this whole process you know everyone says they have always like a breakdown moment oh yeah have, have you had one or many Oh, I've had many. <laughs> I've had many. I, th- I mean, for me, I have a full-time job. Um, I work in tech and for an augmented reality marketing platform company. And I have a four-year-old. I have a husband. I am, and then I'm trying to really spearhead this project of creating a brick-and-mortar coffee shop in the middle of a pandemic. Oh <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I've had many breakdowns. And I think most of the breakdowns that I've kind of had, I actually think I should have had more. I'm actually shocked that I haven't had more. <laughs> that shows uh, you your strength and yeah, growth. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, wait, I probably should have had more. But I think the moments that I've really been breaking, when I've had those breakdowns, it's because I was freaking out about the how and like only focusing in all these different dominoes that were laid out instead of focusing on the domino right in front of me Mm -hmm. and then the second then I was able to you know even just talking to you and you're like focus on the step in front of you (laughs) that is just such a powerful that's such a powerful piece of advice when you have a big project because at the end of the day you can't even get to step five that you're worried about unless you do step one Mm -hmm. and so I realized that most of my breakdown moments were because I was worried about step six and seven when I can't do anything about six and seven until I do step one. Mm -hmm. And so I've really been taking it day by day and just being like, okay, this is what I can do today. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the best I can and keep saying that to myself. I'm doing the best I can. You know, that's a very powerful mantra. Honestly, a lot of people don't understand that because sometimes we're doing the best we can with the cards we're dealt and the circumstances we're in and the time in the time period we're in. And the say I'm saying that is because, you know, the time period and we're in a pandemic, you know, and the circumstance you're in is that 
all of that. You're a mother, you're a wife, you're a big sister, you're nearly a co-founder in a tech company too, you know, so that, and then also doing the best you can with everything else you have, with your skill sets and the skill sets you do need, you know what I mean? So I think that's always such a powerful thing, and I think you should also, um, you know, give yourself a pat on the back for taking all of this on and being a strong, um, you know, independent, you're married, but you're a strong, still independent black woman because you still have to. You still have to lead the charge. You know, you're leading the charge for men. <laughs> you know, your husband, your son, and your brother, and your dad. You know what I mean? So you're leading this charge, and you have to be strong, but you also admit you also are vulnerable. You're honest. You're open to critiques. You know, you are seeking help. You have taken accountability for what went right and what went wrong. So I think you should first give yourself a congratulations just for getting that far with the self-realization of it all, because that's the most important part. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I definitely have been realizing, like, when you're, you can sometimes get so hard on yourself because things aren't going right and not take a step back and go, well, what was in my control? Because that's mm-hmm. the only thing that I can really, like, work on in the future. Yeah. The things that are out of my control. They were out of my control. (laughs) So for me to get down and like, you know, be so hard on myself about those things, I just, that's when um, I'm able to free myself from those breakdowns is when I'm like, you know what? I'm doing the best I can. I did the best I could today and I'm going to do the best I can tomorrow. And as long as I'm just doing the best I can, that's literally all there is. Yeah, no, and it's good. And and honestly, a lot of entrepreneurs should understand that, you know, doing the best you can is is it, you have to mean it because doing the best you can literally means doing the best that I can, that I, Michael Cox, can do. Now, what that looks like is up on for me to decide, you know, because I have to be honest with myself, but I have to be real, real honest, you know, mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, as a dreamer, as, you know, a go getter. Sometimes we want to take on everything. We want to take on the world. I can do it. I can do it. And you're like. No, 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 no. But what can Shakol really take on right now? What can Shakol do? What can she execute excellently? What can she not execute? Because maybe she doesn't have the um, aptitude for it. Maybe she's her first time. You know, so when you talk about the permitting process and these things, it's not that you couldn't do it best the first time. It's just the circumstance. You you went through it. You're like, hey, they told me it's okay. Let's build out. We're doing this. And then when the city goes, hey, hello. We're called permits. You need these, you know. And so these it's 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 very interesting because we get so hard on ourselves and we don't realize that we did the best we can. You know what I mean? Could we have done something better the other the, the first time? Yeah. But we're here right now. We're right now. And in that moment, I did the best I could. Right. I didn't say did I do the smartest? Did I do the silliest? But I did the best at the moment that I thought was going to be necessary. So I think that I hope people take away from hearing this is that, you know, doing the best you can is is a mantra. That's a lifestyle. You know, it's so funny. I I used to um, curate art for a festival called Lightning in a Bottle. And on the bracelets that we had mm-hmm. for, I think this year, it was probably like 25,000 people. And mm-hmm. on the bracelets, it said, we did the best or we did our best. <laughs> and I thought that was so 
precious because I think even as consumers, a lot of times people come in with all of their expectations, expectations and this could have been like this and this could have been like that. So I thought it was really powerful to literally put that on the consumer's <laughs> uh, ticket yeah. bracelet, right? Exactly. Like, so every time that you want to like complain about something, you look yeah. at your ticket, oh, they, they, they did, did their, their best. best. <laughs> <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> I was like, I thought that was genius. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is I true. thought that was genius. <laughs> I should probably put that on the receipts. Uh, yes, I exactly. might put that at the bottom of our receipt. receipt. Put that on and the then receipt. when they kind of bring it back, it's yeah. like, oh. Oh, no, you should put it on the front door where it's like, before <laughs> entry, we won't let you know. We, we did, did our, our best. best. <laughs> I love it. And I love it. And leave it, and even like this, before you leave, we want you to remember. We, we did, did our, our best. best. <laughs> I, I, I'm doing it. It's going to go on the receipts. It's, it's going on the door. That is going to be like... That's I just remember nice. those bracelets. I yeah. thought that was genius. Yeah, no, that's and I think good. it's a great way to deal with consumers, too. Mm. First off, ma'am, <laughs> we did our best. <laughs> I mean, when have you heard that? Consumers not going to know what to really say. Yeah, I mean, your it would make you, it would make you feel kind of... Your best sucked, and you'd be like, well, we did our best. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we did our best. <laughs> hey, everybody, remember, Chacol did her best. So um, if, you, if the coffee's too dark, just let you know, Chacol did her best. <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> oh, no, that's perfect. No, this has been great. This has been great. I do want to end off with, um, you know, letting everyone know. First, I do hope you enjoyed this. I hope this is. Yes. I, sometimes I like the podcast because I do love Behind the Business. I think it helps us. Sometimes it gives us retrospect. But sometimes this also gives us an outlet to just, you know, sometimes telling the parts of your story is right. like it gets it off your chest. You know, yes. there's secrets that you've been, you know, oh, I can't show on social media, but sometimes it's an outlet. It's like, oh, get it off of me. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I think that the direction that people have really been going in just generally with their business, who they are, I think we all are laying more things out on the table. And I am all for that. Like when I see, you know, conversations on Instagram about like showing what your body looks like without Photoshop, like those are the people that I'm like the most drawn to because mm -hmm. I'm like, we're so drawn to authenticity. So yeah, I'm all about telling the, the truth. truth. Okay. <laughs> Well, we're going to end with a little truth-telling from Shakol. Shakol, let us know what we should be expecting within the next couple months with the opening of the Hamlet. All right. So our goal is to be open in the month of March, and we will hopefully be opening as the first augmented reality-powered coffee apothecary shop in California. That's not going on no one's shirt. I just want to let everybody know. It's yeah. going to be the longest thing. I know, I know, I know, I know. So, um, so they'll be able to expect, come in and be able to um, shop uh, coffee that ha that with an apothecary approach and also apothecary products like Bath and Body, all sourced from Black-owned uh, businesses. And... Um, and yeah, so that's that's generally what you can expect nice. in March. Nice, perfect. Okay, so what are some flavors of coffees, drinks, or pastries? What's something that we should be looking forward to day one when we go in there? What is something I should order? So one of my favorite things that we are putting on our menu are our uh, essential oil-infused lattes nice. with real, natural, organic essential oils from lavender to rose. Um, and we are also looking into um, offering CBD that you can put into your own coffee. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So you'll be really relaxed. You might be exactly. very feeling in love with rose. Exactly. Relax you. Put in the eucalyptus or tea tree oil. No, but we will be having... T 
tons of eucalyptus uh, products in our okay. store. Nice. <laughs> nice perfect. Thank you, well, everyone. Please make sure you stay tuned. Look forward to the opening of the Hamlet in March. If you guys need to follow them, please let me know where they can follow you, website, Instagram, Facebook. Please drop that right now for everybody. So you can follow us on Instagram at The Hamlet Coffee Shop. Our website is thehamlet.com, and our Facebook is The Hamlet Coffee Shop. Okay, perfect, everybody. Well, this has been another wonderful episode with Behind the Business, and today we've had Shakol for The Hamlet, and I'm just excited for you all. Thank you. You're